Well, good evening. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page. And uh, yeah, we want to apologize for some of the technical difficulties we had last week. But hey, we're back in style. We've got everything working now. So hopefully, knock on wood, uh, things are good. So uh, without further ado here, I want to join in and uh, bring in some of our guests tonight. Our first guest, as usual, is Mr. Eric Camacho from Florida. How are you doing, Eric? Doing well. Good evening, everybody. Great. Thanks for joining us again. And our other guest, as usual, is Mr. Michael Bodner from Florida again. How are you doing, Mike? Also doing well. Thanks for having me, Trevor. <laughs> That's great. And joining us from Montreal is, well, where did he go? There he is, Ian. How are you doing, Ian? I'm moving and very slowly. <laughs> now, hopefully you'll be able to hear me just fine. I apologize for the horrible image, but we're uh, we're running a new system, and I only discovered this 15 minutes ago, so technologies and go back a few decades. Uh, so, yes, I'm running this on something not far more than a 386, but, hey, we're here. We're going to have fun, right? No, it's okay. Well, at least we can hear you just fine, so we apologize for a little bit of a lag here on, uh, on his part and stuff. And uh, tonight we also have a special guest I want to bring in here. Her name is Anissa Sharifi, and she's uh, not too far from me. And she's a brand new Model 3 owner. Say hi to the crowd there, uh, Anissa. Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, Anissa is also part of, uh, she's a, a member of the uh, Tesla Model 3 uh, Owners Club and the Ontario Tesla Owners Club. And she came out with her, her car there the other night, and we had a really great time going over her car. She's super excited. So anyhow, um, let's get into some of this stuff. Uh, the first thing I want to um, uh, really get into um, is, of course, uh, some of the salient points here on the shareholders meeting that happened a couple of nights ago. So there's some really juicy tidbits. And as usual, when it comes to uh, Tesla stuff, um, the two best places to get real nuggets of information is either shareholders meeting, which only happens you know once a year, or some kind of financial call. So uh, without having getting into some of these things here, let's uh, take a look here. So the first thing is uh, Model 3 test drives are supposed to start sometime next month. Um, some of the stores will be getting cars, other ones maybe not. Um, let's see here. Uh, and I know that a lot of people have been waiting for test drives for like the longest time. And uh, Tesla's position at this point is basically go find an owner. But uh, it'll be nice to see finally some cars actually showing up. Now, I think I don't think all of the stores have cars yet. Is that is that true? Does anybody want to comment on that? Anyone? Well, uh, I, I can right. I can speak for for my neck of the woods. Not all the stores have that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah. We're, so we're waiting for the test drives to actually happen. So um, that'll be good. Uh, let's see here. What else here? Autopilot free trials actually, are Trevor. Yeah. Trevor, I'm going to interrupt you at that point. You forgot the juiciest and most important part. If I understand correctly, the test cars are going to be performance model threes. Um. Yeah, that's true. That's what he did say. However, Elon also said that all of the loaners for S and X would be fully loaded P one hundred DLs, and that hasn't happened either. So okay, well, we just don't, don't harsh my buzz. <laughs> no, sorry, but you know, reality is reality. So I, yes, it would be really great. It would sell the car really quite yes. well. Um, so yeah, I hope that happens. Carry on, carry on. Uh, yeah. uh, the other part here is um, autopilot free trials are coming back now. For some of you who don't know this. Uh, a couple of years ago in 2016, Tesla had a short run of uh, trial periods where somebody could sign up for a trial. If you didn't buy autopilot with the car, you could do a trial in the car for 30 days. And for some reason, it just kind of disappeared. And now they're apparently going to bring it back. And that's good because I happen to know that uh, a lot of people that I've spoken to here in this area that have uh, purchased Model 3s, a lot of people didn't spring for the autopilot. 
uh, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's financial, they stretch themselves too far. I mean, it, it, it can happen. So uh, I know a lot of people have been asking about autopilot. So it's good to see that uh, we're going to have some kind of ability to, to be able to do um, uh, free trials on that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty exciting for the people that need that. Um, I'll, I'll say one extra thing about autopilot is I have a feeling some people may not even spring for it. Mm, even I've, t- I, you know, some of the people were saying, you know, I didn't buy it right now cause I couldn't afford it, whatever. And then maybe I'll buy it later. And I just have this feeling because once they look at the price tag, they're just not going to want to <laughs> spend that extra money. So I think part of that is is uh, why they're doing the trial thing is, you know, get somebody to actually, because I think in a lot of ways, if you don't know what you're missing, you know, you don't know what you're missing. So, yeah. I'm going to try it out. You're, well, yeah, and, and that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, you have experience with autopilot, right? You've driven John's Model X. I have, okay. but like, you know, not for like a long distance or anything. So I, I'm excited to have it on my own car and just test it out myself and and experience it for a few days Mm -hmm. okay well that's uh i have a question on the subject actually go ahead um once they do this um one month trial uh do you still have to pay the after delivery price or do you still get the you know upfront price like if you'd ordered it with the car my understanding is that you have to pay the after price penalty because it's that, not sold as part of that's the car. What I would well, that's, that's but what see, I that's would the thing. That's the incentive, right? That's the incentive mm-hmm. to get you to buy it with the cars. They give you, well, not a discount, but it's just here's the price. And if you buy it after the fact, then you got to pay whatever penalty they they uh, they impose on it. So we'll see. I just but, I just want to. Th- I think it would sort of you know boost the promotion if it's like not only will it give you a month for you to try it, but if you grab it within the trial period. And we'll give you it, you know, at that price. Now, of course, that might annoy people who have paid for it afterwards. I mean, that's a fine line you got to walk there. But I just, uh, just throwing it out there. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, um, Anissa. I got a question for you since you just got your Model Three. Um, uh-huh. I have run into some people, and I ran into some people yesterday a supercharger, and they said, "At what point do we get charged for supercharging? Have you done any supercharging in your Model 3? Uh, <laughs> no. No. Okay. All right. So we can't answer that question yet. No, I I have. I have. It's just because my account actually hasn't been set up yet on my, my, um, my app. I have been, I have, uh, done it on the Sherway, uh, station, uh, and it was charged. Okay. Okay. Did you see a fee or not yet? Yeah. I can see it on my car. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Good to know. All right. If you figure out some way to hack the system here. (laughs) <laughs> no, well, there's some technicalities here. We're really not going to get into that quite yet. So, all right, let's just okay. move on to the next point here. Um, the other bit too, uh, Model Y apparently is going to be revealed in March of 2019. I, so I guess Elon wasn't really fooling around when he did spit out, uh, I think on a tweet storm a few days ago that uh, they were going to do March 15th. Uh, and I have, has anybody checked the date on that? I don't even know what date that is. <laughs> so I was kind of hoping that it was going to happen sometime like this summer, maybe in the fall. Mm-hmm. But because um, it gave me an excuse to go back to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh well, it is what it is. So uh, they did put out a bit of a teaser here. I'll bring up the image here so that everybody can see what I'm talking about. Um, this was in the shareholder letter. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of rough. And, you know, I know some people out there were trying to do some Photoshop magic on it to try and get, you know, a better idea of what this thing uh, looks like. You know, so I saw some people stretching out a Model 3. And, you know, the, the problem with these Photoshop jobs is that they're hacks and they don't look good. And the final product always looks better. So take this with a grain of salt. Last year they released um, another teaser image. I don't have it in front of me here. Um, of the Model Y, but look, it's it's a it's a CUV. It's a it's a little smaller SUV, so it's going to be a little taller, uh, based on the Model Three platform. What we don't know at this point yet whether um, they've actually they're actually going to stretch the um, uh, the platform whatever to accommodate this because they did that on the Model X. They actually stretched the platform a little bit, so it'd be interesting to see. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I got to get a Model Y. Got to get a Model Y. Problem is they don't have a factory to build this thing in, so you know, temper your expectations, right? <laughs> Does anybody yeah. else, does any, any of you want a Model Y? Anybody would like to have a CUV? Uh, my wife definitely wants one. Yeah. Uh, but she also wants your car, Trev, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home, right? <laughs> Probably. All right. Hey, Trev, yeah, are you sure we're live? Uh, well, we're recording audio in any case, so. Okay. Sorry. Um, are people complaining getting here? some weird messages here that it's not on. Yeah, you know what? It's just sometimes the stream just kicks out for whatever reason. You know what? In the future, we may just have to do something about this. I apologize for those listening here. If they're having difficulties with the uh, with the video stream, it just, you know, YouTube sometimes just acts a little bit funny. Oh, well, we'll just carry on. We will okay. carry on. Uh, let's see here. Elon also mentioned Supercharger V3 coming later this year. Um, there was also yes. some information on there. Now, previously, I think in one of his tweets, he said that there was a possibility that they were going to do 200 to 250 kilowatt, not much more than that. I guess they figured that um, at the end of the day, that's mostly what people really needed. So if that actually happens, we're going to see a bit of a boost in the uh, charge speed on the cars. Hopefully, it's backwards compatible to all the cars. Um We'll see. There was a time when the superchargers first came out. There were some people with, I mean, Tesla's gone through different revisions of their battery packs um, on the S and the X. And some people had earlier cars, couldn't charge more than I think about 96 kilowatt or something like that. And mm -hmm. since then, they've done different revision, revisions. Uh, okay. The larger battery packs, of course, can, can accept a higher charge. You know, when I had a loaner, a P100, um, I saw over 100 kilowatt um, charge speed on that. I've never seen more than about 96 on my 75. So it just kind of goes with the territory. I think the other little bit too that he said, what did he say? Oh, it would be uh, zombie apocalypse. What was that, Mike? Uh, he mentioned that it might be, or likely would be combined with solar. So Yeah, I think uh, that was the comment. He, yeah, he said uh, zombie apocalypse proof. So I think that kind of goes back to way back in the day when they first released it, that the idea was that they would be largely off-grid, solar-powered. So um, I think if anything, I think if the Kettleman supercharger is any indication, that would be kind of where they're probably going to go uh, forward as more carport-type things uh, on a larger scale. So that's uh, that's exciting. Let's see here. Oh, you know, I got to mention this, the white roadster that they had out front. You guys saw this, this white roadster? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, these pictures, by the way, are are, uh, are courtesy of my friend uh, Dennis Pasquale. Uh, he sent me these images. Uh, oh, my. You know, when I first saw the Roadster in red, I was like, yeah, that's a really sexy looking car. And I hope to God that they switch to this red because it's, you know, if you look at the Mazdas, they have a beautiful red. 
Uh, Tesla's red is nice, but I find that if it's not in direct sunlight, it's a little a little dull looking. But um, this pearl white is just it just grabbed me, and I just like oh, I just got to get this car now. <laughs> have a matching set oh there's just something about tesla's uh you know design when they go with a, a stark white and they put black parts on the car just that ultra contrast between the white and black I, you know, look I, I understand colors are very subjective i mean it's just one of those things that's not <laughs> for everybody um but this when i saw this white i was just like you know what i think i mentioned this before right ian i was just like you know we didn't we discuss this at one point and i said you know, if I don't get the Roadster, it's not the end of the world. I'd be like, oh, maybe I'd sell it. I think I've changed my mind. <laughs> I, I clearly you have. I mean, as soon as you saw those the images of the white one, it's like, oh no, Trev's going a different direction here all of a sudden. And now, of course, you have your your worldwide campaign here to get the referrals. So that originally Canada, then U.S., and now we've got people pushing you to take it to Europe. I think you're going to need um, some serious vacation time here, Trev. <laughs> Well, you know what? In all honesty, uh, I'm not the first to propose going across country. You know, Zach and Jesse mentioned it, and uh, one of the other guys mentioned it too. Um, I just thought I would just throw it out there, you know, because one of the things about the referral program is that it's really nice to be able to get these referrals, um, but it doesn't happen without somebody else's involvement, right? Somebody's got to buy a card in order to get these referrals. So Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me, it just makes sense to pay it forward. Like, if you're going to get this car as a thank you, show people. Take them for a ride. Do what you need to do. So that was my only impetus, really, was was to be able to, you know, kind of pay it forward and let people get an opportunity. And the thing about referrals is is um, um, you actually see the names. Now, you don't have their contact info, but, you know, hey, the Internet's the Internet. Um, so at least you have some kind of way. And actually, some of the people that have actually used my referral code have private messaged me, and, and, and I have their emails, and I've talked to them on a regular basis. So... It wouldn't be out of the um, out of the possibility to be able to contact these people and give them a ride as a as a, as a thank you. So that's the least I could do, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's an awesome idea. I'm fully behind it. And speaking about the Roadster for just a moment, all the talk about the Model Three being really like driving a spaceship. To me, the Roadster looks like an actual spaceship. Uh, you know, you have that great contrast with the black and the white. So for for anyone to see the car in person or have a chance to ride in the car, and especially in that since we've seen renderings of the steering wheel. Yeah, you're probably driving a land-based spaceship, which is really cool. Do you guys really think that steering wheel is going to make it to market? Maybe. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't have a picture of the steering wheel, unfortunately, but it looks like one of them Knight Rider things from the 80s, you know, where it's just like a steering yoke. I'm also pretty sure the car is going to have side mirrors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, um, you know, unless, unless uh, legislation uh... changes. I don't know. Audi recently released some images of, uh, was it the e-tron or like one of the upcoming um, vehicles? And they claim, no, they're going to have cameras on it. So I don't know. Well, in Europe, yes. They they can probably have some laws over in Europe. But in North America, there's no chance of that happening without the laws Mm -hmm. changing. Yeah, no, everyone's been stonewalled since day one. So I don't think they're, they're relaxing it here. But Well, don't forget, when they showed the Tesla Semi, at the event, it, the silver one didn't have mirrors on it, it had cameras. Now they're driving it right. around. They had to put mirrors on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll see. But, uh, hey, I, I truly believe if Tesla could get rid of the mirrors, they would do it in a nanosecond <laughs> because it affects range, right? That's right. Oh, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to get rid of mirrors. 
Okay, uh, next little bit. Uh, we're just kind of moving along here. Uh, Chinese Gigafactory is going to be announced in maybe about a month. Uh, you know, we could kind of see this from a long ways down coming down the road. Uh, you know, it makes total sense for China to build something over there to uh, get around some of the import duties, of course, keep the cost down and so on and so forth. It doesn't make any more sense to, to, to build cars in North America to ship them to China any more than shipping cars from China to uh, to North America on Tesla's behalf. So I know there's been a lot of discussion on the internet that, oh, this is where they're going to make the Model Y. Maybe, maybe not. they got a lot of land out in Nevada that's kind of being unused. So I think there's some opportunities there for them to, uh, you know, get the, some costs down and stuff. So um, I thought it was interesting. Oh, oh sorry. I thought it was interesting. They mentioned, uh, Elon said, probably Europe announcement before the end of the year as well. Yeah, that's always a possibility because Europe's another um, area that have large import duties. And, and car, I mean, most of the manufacturers uh, bring cars in from uh, uh, from their respective facilities in some ways. Like in Europe, I think – no, it's India. So I have a video on in, in India um, where Audi has a, a final assembly plant, much like Tesla does in Tilburg in the Netherlands where they build – well, they do final assembly on the cars, really. The bodies are shipped there, the drivetrains, the battery packs, and they just do final assembly. And that satisfies the import laws over there. So um, – it wouldn't surprise me that they would do something like that. But Europe does need an actual factory in order to get the cost down. So, um, Speaking of the Gigafactory, um, Elon did mention that um, that the Gigafactory in Nevada would take um, approximately four to five years to complete. So it just seems that this time scale has been extended somewhat. Because uh, if we remember back in 20, late, I think it was 2014, when they started building the factory, uh, that they said that uh, it was supposed to be completed by 2020. So... Looks like that's been expanded. Um, they did move the parking lot to the north side. So mm -hmm. that leads me to believe that they're making some room now so they can actually start expansion of the factory. And again, I don't have any information on this, but I do believe that uh, there's, there's a good chance that they may end up sticking some kind of factory there, at least on a temporary basis, uh, for whatever other cars. Uh, you know, the Roadster and the Tesla Semi, you know, with the numbers that they're talking about, we may not see a, a purpose-built factory for those things. Those are kind of something they could build in another facility uh, close to Fremont. Um, they have a facility in Fremont where they build um, some of the prototypes. They're not always done in the factory. So we'll see. Okay, so that was, uh, you know, a quick recap of what's going on at the uh, at the shareholders meeting. Uh, so tonight we want to kind of recap some of the stuff that we missed last week <laughs> uh, because of some of our technical difficulties. Um, so one of the items on here was the Model 3 Hypermiling Record Set by Eric Strait and uh, Sean Mitchell. They did 606.2 uh, miles um, over the course of about 32 hours on a closed loop. And it looks like it was like a little um, industrial area on flat land. And um, unfortunately, they had a little bit of a problem at the end uh, when they tried to uh, supercharge the car. Mm -hmm. I'll just bring up an image here for people to see. Uh, I apologize for those of you on the podcast that can't see this, but you can always watch on our YouTube channel here after the fact, um, that they had a, a battery problem and they couldn't supercharge. Um, and everybody <clears> was speculating, did it break or whatever the heck the, the problem is. So I, I reached out to Eric because I, you know, we're friends on YouTube and so on and so forth. And he basically said, oh yeah, it was the typical 12 volt battery uh, had died in the car. And without the 12 volt battery working, it can't open the contactors on the main battery. So that was the real uh, the problem at the end of the day. So they just, uh, Tesla replaced the 12-volt battery and all is well. Woohoo! Trev, do we, <laughs> do we know if the 12-volt battery was also an issue as to why they were only able to use 66 kilowatt hours? That's a good question. I didn't get into that. Um, I don't know what's going on there because we do know the battery pack. Hmm. 
on the on the high end of the scale is is actually no the usable amount is a certain amount but the actual size of the battery pack is somewhere in the vicinity of 80 kilowatt hours you know we yeah. generally refer to it as 75 because of buffers and so on and so forth but the actual physical amount has been measured to be about 80 kilowatt hours so but that's a good question i you know i should reach out to him and just see what he has to say about that um because if it did, there might be another 50 miles of range there if someone else wants to try it. Yeah. What were you saying, Ian? Yeah, no. What I was going to say is um, someone brought up the point that, I mean, the car had been running for something, was it 24 or 26 hours? It was like a long period of time. And you'd have other things using current, you know, like normally you don't you don't factor that in, all these other parasitic draws or whatever. And they would have, you know, consumed over the period of more than a day a sizable portion, you know, maybe five or 10% of the capacity, but I would have figured somehow that the car is still monitoring that. I figured it would look at the total draw of absolutely everything and calculates the total power consumption. But somebody was pitching the idea that there are things that might not display on uh, the consumed power amount. And because mm -hmm. it's over such a huge period of time, it would factor in, it would actually lower your, you know, usable road capacity, mileage capacity, if you will. Right. Hmm. I'm throwing that out there. I mean, again, I, I have nothing to back that up, but I just was an idea. As a, someone's theory, I don't know if it holds water or not. We need uh, one of the serious Tesla geeks to, to verify if that's true. Mm, that's a good point. Well, let's see here. Some other discussions. Uh, let's go down the list here. That really serious Model 3 accident um, on the highway in California. Do I have the pictures of that? Let me see if I have the pictures of that. I think it just really uh, is a testament to um, how strong this car really is. Uh, I don't seem to have pictures here. Maybe I can just call it up real quick. Just give me a second. You guys keep talking here. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> now, if memory serves, this is the accident where uh, it was a family man. He was hit from behind and yes. then uh, had hit two barricades inside of the highway. That's right. Yep, that's the one. And I'm trying yeah. to find it. Yeah, here. and it sounds like the car that rear-ended them was going considerably faster because when you see the impact right. damage to the back of the car, I mean, uh, wow. Yeah. And what's interesting to note is that we we still don't have all the crash test results that are being done by the various agencies that do crash tests. Um, and so when we do hear of these accidents, which again are not going to be a great in number because there's only so many Model Threes that are on the road, uh, but again, it's it's. Really, just proving yet again Tesla's track record for making safety a paramount feature of the car. No oh, guaranteed, absolutely. Um, here's a picture. Of yeah, I finally just, found it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely see. You know, the crumple zone. The whole rear end of the car is a crumple zone. So is the front. Although the front looks like it didn't sustain quite as much damage, but you can see. Uh, you know, the different airbags, uh, knee airbags. Of course, that that was a. Mm -hmm. A lot of people on the internet were saying, "Are those knee airbags?" Well, yeah, of course they are. I mean. Most cars have knee airbags these days. Um, yeah. The rear glass is not shattered. Uh, the door's opened up. I mean, the cabin looks fairly intact. Yeah. And, you know, look, no battery fire. Mm-hmm. Well, look, the, the door's <laughs> just open right. Oh, nice one, Trev. Nice. <laughs> well, I had to mention that because obviously the media didn't see uh, any kind of need to be able to, you know, uh, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's like, well, it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, it's like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Makes yeah, me feel good that we're dealing with a very safe yeah. car, right? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, let's move on here. Um, yeah, this this is not Model 3 related, but I'll throw it in here a little bit. The, the uh, Model S and the X got an interior refresh. Now, when I talk about an interior refresh, I'm talking about 
uh, colors and finishes, not uh, a full revamp. So those of you who may or may not seen this, this is a picture of a, uh, I don't know if it's an S or an X. It's hard to tell these days because the interiors are almost identical. But um, what they've done here, is, and what we're looking at here is the cream interior, which is the um, the beige. It's not white. Mm -hmm. It's not the old beige. It's kind of halfway in between. And they've uh, changed the finish on the wood decor. And uh, this particular combination, by the way, I should mention these combinations are not user-selectable. Um, like they used to, so they're preset mm -hmm. combinations. So what they've done here is they've gone through uh, what looks like to be a white oak finish, and uh, they've largely eliminated the uh, aluminum trim. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, they've gone to what looks to be what they call carbon. It's a dark, almost almost black. Um, I like it. I like the mm -hmm. contrast. I mean, I haven't seen it in person. But um, this kind of caught my attention. I, you know, I, I, I did a review. Um, I had a P100D loaner, and it had the new uh, interior, uh, the cream finish. And while the seats were very nice and, and the color was nice, I'll talk about the color here in a second. But one thing that bothered me was the fact that the, uh, the seats were very, very smooth, like to the point of being slippery. So if anybody's, uh, and I'm comparing it to mine because I have the the white interior. The white has uh, like a like a grippy finish to it. It's it's a rougher finish. And if you had them side by side, you you would actually see what I mean. So if anybody's actually considering this finish, I would highly recommend that you actually spend a little bit of time in the showrooms and actually compare them and actually sit in them. Um, I like the cream. I wouldn't choose it because the carpets are also cream, at least in the Model S. I think the Model S has, retains the black carpets. So I think that we get dirty rather quickly. But the fact that I was slipping around in the seats turned me right off. I didn't like it. Plus, it doesn't have a black headliner. So, but that's just me. I mean, you know, colors are subjective, right? So, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, the other little tidbit here: Model Three is approaching uh, 500 units per day. So we're getting pretty close. I mean, that's 4,000 units a week. So uh, Elon reiterated again. He feels very confident in getting to. Uh, 5,000 cars per week by the end of the month. So that bodes well for uh, for production. And, of course, that'll start tying in, of course, with more, more options being available, of course, naming uh, Performance Model 3 coming on board and the potential for all-wheel drive. I know a lot of people ask me lately if, um, if the Performance and the all-wheel drive has become available to order in Canada yet. I know it is in the U.S., um, and the answer is no. But Elon did say, and I had asked Elon last week uh, on a tweet to see if he... Uh, if when it was going to open, and he replied that um, that they were going to be opening very soon within the next week or so. So it's pretty encouraging. Um, Ian, have you uh, made any decisions yet? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> there's there's what I want, and there's what I can afford. And uh, at some point in in tonight's broadcast, if we have a moment to throw up that spreadsheet that no one has yet to see. And unfortunately, I get the impression none of our viewers still can see, but I'm hoping if they go back to the recording uh, later on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there it is. So there, there's the story. So if you can let me um, monologue here for a moment, let go me explain ahead. what we're looking at. And um, then I will, I will tell you the sad story of how I'm not feeling optimistic at this point about my personal ability to, to step up to the, the performance car, but it's certainly not for lack of wanting to. So yeah, I, I did a little study on this. It's very impromptu. Um, and uh, what I thought was, let's look at some of the cars that people might consider in, in the same league 
And of course, uh, you know, most the, the number one thing that most people consider when they, they talk about Tesla and performance is like, what's the zero to 60? Like, how fast does this thing pig, pin me in the cheeks? How fast does my cell phone disappear into this backseat? This is how these cars are judged. So uh, number one, I put down zero to 60. What do we have in the mid um, three second bracket that's kind of competitive with it? So I came up with a list of, of course, the Performance 3, the Audi TT RS Coupe, which is a hair quicker, uh, the BMW M3, which is the car that it's being benchmarked against the track. You know, Elon's making a much, uh, a lot of noise about it being quicker on the track than the M3. That's really holy grail territory for a lot of enthusiasts. Um, the Camaro ZL1, which is another lightning fast car uh, in a straight line and also on the track. And then the Audi RS3. And if you look at the pricing situation in the US, if we look at the MSRP column, they range anywhere from 55 to 78, with the M3 being sort of middle of the pack at 65. And that's without options. And, you know, I'm doing a pretty cruel test here because the Model 3 Performance base price is a very well-equipped car. The other ones are, are quite well-equipped, but, I mean, we all know with the other manufacturers, you start ticking the option boxes, they're going to go well into the 70s with any problem at all. So I, right off the bat, without any credits in the U.S., I think the Performance Model 3 is a pretty damn good deal. I mean, you start factoring in the fact you're not paying for gas anymore. Uh, you know, the, the, the supercharging cost even on a trip is a fraction of what the gas would cost you when you're out of town. Um, the maintenance is going to be way less because you're basically looking at fluid changes a couple of every few years or something. So, you know, you're looking at U.S. pricing of this car, I think it's right where it needs to be. Tack on the tax credit while it's still available and... Bargain's a strong word, but I would say it, it fights very well. You know, the only one that's a real bargain compared to it in the U.S. is the RS3. And let's face it, on the track, you know, and I'm a big-time Audi guy, I have no problem believing the, the Model 3 performance car would annihilate an RS3 on the track. <laughs> so, you know, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, I think it's, at, it's, it's close to its fighting weight in the U.S. However... Let's go look at the Canadian column. So over to the right, I've put in the what I call the Canadian plus factor column. Mm -hmm. And this is where things get a bit grim. Um, as we talked about, um, I think on uh, show number two, when we were trying to illustrate this, uh, there's a lot of playing around with currencies when other manufacturers, both American and, and European and even the Asians, when they come into the Canadian market, they kind of hedge their bets by buying futures playing around, you know, spreading margin across different models. They do all sorts of things. So what you see happening is like um, Audi and, and Chevrolet are coming in at around 13% over what the comparative price is dollar for dollar in the U.S. So we get we get a great deal on these cars. You know, even the M3 comes in at about 1.2 uh, in Canadian dollars over the U.S. dollar. Um that's, you know, that's kind of typical of most of the cars up here. So you could say, well, that's a bit of a strange thing and we're benefiting from it. Tesla, however, pretty much brings them in one for one. Um, so if the dollar is at a dollar 30, that's pretty much what we're going to get. So what I did is I took the U.S. MSRP and I factored it up by 1.3. That's about what we're paying on the current first uh, production build Correct. of Model 3. I think that's going to hold pretty much to the penny for the, the Performance Model 3. So that gives us an MSRP of $101,000. Not only is it considerably steeper compared to the other cars, you know, like you're, now you're talking, you know, about a 30, 35% premium over these other cars that it competes with. But the worst problem is for all of us in uh, BC, uh, Ontario and Quebec, it breaks the price limit. All three of those provinces have a $75,000 um, maximum price ceiling in order to qualify for the full rebate. 
And um, that makes a huge difference. I mean, particularly in Ontario, you, you're losing a $14,000 credit, which would bring it way in line. So here's what I've done. I've, I've started my own little campaign. <laughs> I saw that. And all of the good people at Tesla. Yes, I've been at them relentlessly. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being heard, but that's okay. We, we must continue our work like missionaries. <laughs> and uh, what I'm hoping is they can somehow see fit to make Model 3 performance in Canada an option package. And there is, I, believe me, there's no reason on earth they can't do this. There's a whole litany of OEMs who've come before them who name their models differently here. You know, it's the RS in the U.S. Here it's the limited ultra whatever. Uh, it can be an option pack uh, rather than a full-blown separate model. Everybody plays the game. You know, there's a bunch of different ways you could market the car here. Of course, it would require playing around with the configurator. And I don't know if they want to keep that standard across North America or not. But if they can see fit to do that, if you add it as an option pack, now the car qualifies for the rebate. If you go look at what I've done, this this brings the difference down from around uh, 44% over to, you know, depending on the province we're looking at, uh, anywhere between 20 and 30%. It, it brings it much closer into the game for us. And I'm, I'm really hoping somehow they can figure out a way to do that because this this would still be an enormous stretch for me, but it's not inconceivable. But I mean, if we're talking, if, if if the car comes up here at full retail and I want autopilot, it's 108 plus tax. We're looking at $124,000. Um, that's <laughs> going to be a real hard sell on the budget committee in this house. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> the price we that's, pay for performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if and, it's and any consolation, I mean, if yeah. it's any consolation, if you look at a Model S, uh, you know, P100D with Ludacris, I mean, you're you're very close to uh 200 200 grand up here so you know if you want performance it's a lot of money it just is what it is but is no, it and, and, and i get that i get that but but here's the thing i'm going to come back and I'm, I'm i'm trying to be critical here i'm trying to take off my fanboy hat and i'm trying to put on my absolutely hat and say, Look, we don't want fanboys here if you buy yeah if you want if you buy a p100d even at two hundred thousand dollars canadian you're king of the road there's nothing that's going to touch you. I mean, you know, cars that are even approaching that level of performance are way over a quarter million dollars and up. I mean, you're in hypercar territory. Of course. You pretty much own it. The Model 3 is fighting in a little bit more competitive territory. Like I said, you know, in Canada, uh, you, you can pick up the uh, the RS3 here for 63000 Canadian. I mean, for a car that's, you know... Uh, door to door with you zero to 60. So, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be as good in all the other respects. We, no question, you know, the, the, the Model 3 performance is going to be in a league of its own in terms of the total experience of what it delivers. And it will be cheaper to maintain and cheaper to fuel, if we can use that word. But still, you know, going from something that's 60,000 to something that's 102. That's, yeah. So please, Tesla, please look <laughs> at this performance three as a package deal. <laughs> We will, as a country, be forever in your debt if you were to consider such a thing. Well, you know, it's not out of uh, it's 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 not out of uh, character for them to do that. They have played with the configurations in the past for I think it was was it the German market. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I don't really think they're going to really do much for us. I mean, they're mm. doing us a very big solid right now uh, to try and get as many Model Threes delivered 
before the Ontario election, which, by the way, is today. So later on, we'll get mm. to see whether we actually survive a nuclear holocaust or not. But <laughs> it is what it is. I did my civic duty today. I did vote. So. I did too. Good. Good. Oh, good. Thank you, Anise. Well, you I, love, I love how North Americans in 2018 are like, we're trying to survive anarchy. We're trying to survive the apocalypse. We're just, and all we're talking about is like, whether or not a, a person's got enough intellect to not push the wrong button. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. You know, it's almost like a, anybody watching The Handmaid's Tale on TV. I mean, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump for a utopian, not a utopian, but a very dystopian society if we're not careful. <laughs> that, that show is way too close to home at the moment. Oh, This was very bad timing. I, that, I have nightmares about that show. That's, that's really scary. Who knew that, though, on Netflix that House of Cards actually might prove to be at least a better uh, example of a presidency? Than the one we currently have. It's a case of so art imitating life or life imitating right. art or how, whatever that saying is. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, on that note, I want to take a little break here because we actually have a sponsor. The wonderful hey. folks. We have the wonderful fi- uh, folks at, uh, at Fine Labs. And uh, did you know that uh, recent changes in environmental laws, uh, most modern cars, factory paints are thinner, softer, and more fragile than ever before? This is great for the world we all love and share, but uh, not so great for our brand new car showroom shine. And Teslas are no exception to this rule, and they're extremely susceptible to UV damage, fading swirl marks, bird droppings, acid rain marks, and other environmental contaminants. But don't worry, Fine Lad has the answer. Our line of ceramic coatings were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get in and ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the DUI, DIYer and the professional detailer. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at www.finelab, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B.com, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click on Contact Us for a free coat, quote from a certified installer in the area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. So big thanks to the folks at Fine Lab. Uh, like their product. I use it on my Model X and boy does it ever make washing the car so much easier. I love washing my car, but this is just even better. So great big thanks to the folks at Fine Lab for being a great sponsor. So check out their product. I really like it. So having said that, let's uh, jump in. Uh, last week we had some technical difficulties and uh, today we're also having some technical difficulties, but this time it's not the sound, it's also the video stream. So I still got to sort that stuff out and I really apologize. Um, Ian's computer. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, you know what? On the positive side, uh, the audio streams are going out. They're even available in the Tesla and I've, I've listened to a couple episodes just to make sure everything's good and it sounds good. So I'm very happy about that. Um, so we have some leftover questions from last week. Um, so we want to get in there. And, uh, the first one I want to bring up here is for Anise. So we're okay. going to get Anise in here and, um, our good friend, uh, Jay, oh, let's get, let's get Anise up here on the screen there. Come on. My software is acting a bit funny. There you go, Anise. So, uh, Jay Pace says, uh, he has a question for Anise. Now that you've owned the Model 3 for almost a week, well, it's been two now. Uh, what is your what are your biggest surprises uh, you've had with the car? Surprises. Take that as you will. Found um, anything interesting? Uh, stuff you maybe didn't expect? I mean, there's so much. There's, I didn't really know 
what to expect but yeah there's been so many things that have fully surprised me so like the one pedal driving has been like the biggest thing that I've had to adjust to even though I've had the car for two weeks now I still feel like I'm adjusting to that um the screen um like the like you know like the main screen mm-hmm. um hasn't surprised me but it, it it does take some some adjusting to I guess still um having to just you know manage everything in one on one screen um Slacker, I like absolutely love. Maybe that's a big surprise. Like I didn't think I could do so much with it. I can actually listen to Iranian music on that. I have like so many like audiobooks and like things that I usually would have on my phone. Now it's all like on the car already. So that's been very surprising actually. Um Are you Yeah, using- there's like just so many like cute little things that like I still find on the car. Like every time I'm on the road, I feel like I'm like discovering something new. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you using the, the built-in Slacker account that comes with the car, or did you pay for an upgrade for the premium version, uh, or are you just using whatever comes with the car Just free? whatever it came with. I see. Okay. I was debating whether to actually um, to spring for the, for the paid upgrade. I mean, most of my music lives on my phone, and that's what I stream. I, in, in all honesty, most of the stuff I listen to in my car are, are podcasts or audiobooks. I don't listen to all that much music. If they took away the FM radio, I, I could care less personally, but that's just me. But All there's right. so much available on there. Like, I don't even know why you would need the upgrade. There are so many, um, like, books and and uh, those, like, talk channels and mm-hmm. so many different mm-hmm. genres. Like, there's so much on there. I feel like I'm constantly scrolling and, like, listening to something different and adding to my favorites and creating playlists. And it's just been so much fun. <laughs> the, you know what? The thing that I found with uh, with that Slacker system is that I, I find myself listening when the times I do listen to music uh, to something that I wouldn't normally listen to to music. Oh. Like my musical tastes run from like 1976 to about 1989 and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I love on the honesty you can that. listen to like 80s music, there's like 90s music on there and like I've got like my favorite artists like all like selected as like my favorites now and like depending on the mood that I'm in, if it's at night I want to listen to chill music, if it's during the day I want to listen to this. Like that's been like just so much fun. <laughs> so I'm going to actually do, uh, cancel my Apple account because I don't really need it anymore. Oh, really? Well, that's yeah. kind of cool. Well, my understanding with the Slacker is that uh, paying for a premium upgrade gives you the ability to edit your playlist on the website. Um, but the other one, too, is there's a limitation. I don't know if you found this yet, but when you listen to a song, you can only listen it to once, I think, in a 24-hour period. And you can't also listen to whole albums all at once. So Right. Um, right? Yes, you so can't listen to the whole album. I have, I have found that, yes. So th- there are times where I was like, mm, I want to listen to that whole album, but I guess you can't. So I don't know. It's just... Uh, there's only so much money to go around. So do I pay for that plus Netflix or do I give one up? I can't give up Netflix. I just, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Who can give up Netflix? <laughs> Anyhow, let's move on. Second question. Okay. This one comes from Daniel, uh, Daniel G. Um, hi, Dan. Uh, it's another hey, question for Anise. She He says, uh, what's the most difficult adjustment you've had to make to the car as a very recent new owner? Um, so yeah, I kind of talked about that. Um, one of the things that has taken me the longest to adjust to is actually, um, (laughs) finding the right seat, uh, placement in the car. So I am fairly short. And, um, so I previously, I was in the Q3, which was a bit raised off the ground. So just my, my viewpoint was different. So now in this car, it's a sedan and, you know, it's, the back is raised and the window slopes, like the rear windshield slopes. So it, it just, it took me like 
some time to get get my seat right. Uh, I've got it right now, <laughs> so I can actually see behind me, and you know, like all the blind spots around the car, and yeah, that's that's taking me the longest. But I think it's just because I went from a crossover to a sedan. Right, your formal uh, Audi user, right? You had a what, what? Did you have a Q3? Was it a Q3? Yeah, a Q3. Yeah. So it, it was it was raised a little bit more than than this one. I feel like I'm kind of on the ground, but then like just the way the car is positioned, like just the rear, I find like the bum is raised, uh-huh. <laughs> but then the rear windshield slope. So you know, I just I don't know. It took me some time to get used to it. Have you um, just out of curiosity? Have you used the easy entry feature? You know what that is? Um, no. <laughs> it, okay. Uh, easy entry is another uh, driver profile that you can select, and you can set your mirrors and your or windshield or your steering wheel and your seat positions, and you can select it as a secondary profile attached to your primary profile. So that the moment you unbuckle. It chooses that selection. So in my car, what I have is I have this. As soon as I unbuckle, the steering wheel moves up and the seat moves up a little bit, so that I can get or move back, whatever the case is. So that it just allows you to get in and out of the car a little bit. So it's uh, particularly useful for for people that are a little taller, or bigger stature, and stuff. So that's a neat feature you look for. But um, yeah, hey, you don't have it. Oh, by the way, remind me the next time I see you, I'll show you how to properly set up your mirrors. Right, Mike? Absolutely. <laughs> There's a right way and a wrong way. <laughs> I'm actually going to do a video. Uh, pretty soon on um, on on showing people how to actually set up their mirrors according to the uh, Society of Automotive Engineers. There's a, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way. And if you do it this way, it largely eliminates all your blind spots. So look for that soon. Got some new camera gear. <laughs> so we're going to make some nice videos here soon. All right, let's move on to the list here. We've got some other questions here. I had a list of them. Oh, some of them matter because some of them maybe not. Uh, Darren asks, uh, hi there, just want to ask for Ontario 3 owners, did you get your rebate at purchase or at delivery? I'm waiting for all-wheel drive and fear that my three-year term, uh, three-year dream is a week from dying from the election this week. So the answer to that is no. Tesla does not, unlike some other manufacturers, uh, they don't deduct the rebate from the price of the car. You have to pay full price. So it's full price plus tax. You fill in your paperwork, you send it into the government, and then you get a in the case of the Model 3, a $14,000 uh, rebate check, which is tax-free. You can do as you will with it. Pay down your car, take a vacation, whatever you like. Um, so other manufacturers you may have heard uh, will deduct the rebate from the price of the car. Um, Tesla doesn't do that on account, I believe, of how they count the deliveries of the cars. So they want to be paid in full. It's kind of like a lease. They, they're not interested in the leases because uh, that's a... Um, a financial exposure for them. So they don't want to be caught uh, holding on to it. Well, the other thing too is, of course, they've been doing hundreds and hundreds of deliveries uh, over the last few weeks, a uh, couple of weeks now. They probably got in excess of 2,000 of these cars on the road now in Ontario. So that's, uh, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a backlog again with the rebate situation. So they don't want to be left holding the bag on that. So I think that's your answer. Now, as far as all-wheel drive, I think I mentioned it just a little earlier. It hasn't opened for us again. Uh, it hasn't opened, us, uh, opened up in the configure. Wow, I'm really, why am I so tongue-tied tonight? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Anyhow, uh, so the all-wheel drive in the performance car has, <clears throat> excuse me, has not, <clears throat> wow, it's really going. Um, hasn't opened up for us yet. So, yeah, the thing is, depending on how things go, the other thing I have to mention is that within with an election, when somebody comes in, um, there's no magic button that they can press. 
the moment that they declared a, a winner or whatever to uh, cancel a bunch of programs and stuff. These things sometimes take time. So uh, I think at least for the, the foreseeable little future, next few weeks or a few months, depending on how things go, that if you place an order for a car, you'll be safe. We're just hoping that this configuration for all-wheel drive and, and performance car comes online as soon as possible so people can take advantage of it. Unfortunately, uh, there's no... Um, sunset clause if you will as far as when that happens the only sunset clause we have in the case right now if you order an s or next prior to march 9th uh, you still get your rebate but you have to take delivery before i think it's september 7th so anyways model 3 is a different situation so we'll just leave it there okay let's move on here um another gentleman here by by the name of uh, puneet nath uh, he says uh, when's your estimate for white interiors for non-performance regular real wheel drive long range model 3s my gosh okay um, have no idea. Um, anybody want to chime in on this? It's basically a performance thing at the moment, right? If everybody wants a performance car, well, you get the option of white or black. Otherwise, you're just going to have to wait a little while. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, pretty much. Like everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> you know, I've seen, I've seen all the Model 3s and all the colors. I love them all. I did see blue one. Blue one was not really, didn't make my list all that much, but uh, I think blue with the white interior, holy yeah. mackerel, that would look mm-hmm. really sharp. That was my first option, choice, I should say. It wasn't yeah. an option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> that's Well, you got the white, so you're happy. Which I love. Yes, I know. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Okay, let's move on here. Last question, and then maybe you can call it a night here. Um, this question comes from uh, uh, James Boos. He says, what documents and papers are needed when you arrive for delivery? Can you give a detailed walkthrough on what to expect? Well, again, this is uh, probably somebody from Ontario. <sighs> Sorry, folks, but, you know, it's like buying any other car. you got to show up with proof of insurance. you got to have your... Uh, your driver's license, uh, your paperwork has to be complete. Of course, Tesla will tell you how much to bring. You got to bring a void mm-hmm. check uh, if you're financing. Uh, you know, have your check or your bank draft from the from the bank made out to the proper th- um, uh, Tesla name, whatever the case may be. Just you know, cross your T's and dot your I's as best you can. I mean, Tesla will you know your delivery specialist will basically call you and tell you what to bring. We've had mm-hmm. some discrepancies here. Um, you know, but the, but it's not a common thing. It's just the odd time and stuff. So, those are basically you know what's really going to happen on the paperwork front. Now, I'll I'll just give everybody a little bit of an update here. The last couple of weeks of deliveries in Ontario, the first week especially was crazy nuts. Uh, we had some difficulties. Now I say we. I'm not talking about Tesla. I'm just talking about overall because these are observations that I made. Um, the Ministry of Transport Ontario, which is the authority that handles with registrations and plates, were not prepared. Even though uh, my understanding is Tesla told them what they were going to do, uh, but they were not prepared. So they, they, you know, the plates weren't delivered on time. The paperwork is sometimes incorrect. So some people were experiencing some rather long delays on getting their cars. Some people were waiting several hours in some cases. And, uh, you know, everybody at Tesla was very apologetic. And, you know, they're very nice and so on and so forth. But it wasn't really their fault. Now... That mad rush is over with now. I've just been to two different deliveries with friends who requested my assistance to go and inspect the cars, and I'll gladly do that, but I don't want to overstay my welcome with Tesla. Um, and they were swimmingly, swimmingly smooth on that case. In most cases, you can be in and out of there in uh, 45 minutes, an hour tops. In most cases, it was mo- mostly half an hour. Um, they did have a little area in the corner where they had some people up from, uh, from California doing presentations, just a little orientation for you know 20-odd people at a time. And uh, 
So that went well. And uh, after that, you go do your paperwork and, and off you go. And they had food and coffee and stuff. So, uh, yeah. So if you're looking at a delivery, it's largely smoothed out. So the horror stories you may hear online, those are gone. It's not really an issue anymore. Okay. So um, any parting thoughts from anybody before we uh, we sign off for the evening? So I have two thoughts. Go ahead, Michael, Eric. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. Oh, so no. two things. One uh, about the delivery. Um, here in the U.S., the delivery process is very simple. And my delivery specialist uh, were able to keep in tabs with me throughout the entire process. So once the order was submitted, you know, they make it very clear. Just go into my Tesla. You can upload your documents there. Uh, day of delivery, when I went to pick up the car, they pretty much had everything they needed. I mean, I was able to sign a few papers, and I was in and out of the room within like four or five minutes. Um, so as long as you have everything you're, you're being asked to provide, it's it's honestly very smooth. And again, that's here in the U.S. I'm sure it's different in Canada. Uh, but for us, it was pretty quick. And the other thing is, is a lot of the stuff that we're going through now, these sort of bumps and bruises with deliveries and orders and, and the configurator and everything else. This is the first time Tesla's doing a mass market car. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the stuff that we're going through now will eventually be ironed out in short order. And when, as we continue with deliveries in the three, as we continue with uh, you know, the production of the Y in the years to come, it's just going to become more fluid, much more efficient. And you're going to see a lot of these problems ironed out very, very soon if there are any. Yeah, I think most of the people that are taking delivery now are experiencing a better experience than what they had, say, a week ago. I was monitoring some of the Facebook pages on the Canadian side of things, and uh, there were a lot of very upset people. You know, this is not the experience I was expecting. You know, I get it. Uh, it's largely not their fault. But, um, yeah, so a large lot of stuff, if you're watching and stuff, if, if you haven't taken delivery car, those horror stories are over with. Anyhow, um, so anything else before we part? Yeah, I've got one thing. Yeah, um, ahead, I'm sure, Trevor, you probably get a lot of questions about the U.S. federal tax credit. Yes, let's talk uh, about so that. My own pure speculation, and I don't want to put us down the rabbit hole with a couple minutes left, but production ramping up to about 5,000 units uh, a week toward the end of this month, which happens to be the end of the quarter. I can't help but think they're going to cross the threshold right around first week in July. And they just knock it out of the park with deliveries uh, in uh, the last few quarters of the year at the full credit still for the U.S. consumers. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. I mean, the fact that they're trying to push for <clears throat> excuse me, production as fast as possible before a quarter starts or ends, whichever way you look at it, is an indication that they're, they're trying very hard to staunch deliveries as long as they possibly can so that everybody gets this federal tax credit. So. Unfortunately, though, for people that are going to be waiting a little longer for potentially, you know, for the standard drive and stuff, uh, who knows what's going to happen with that. But if they can keep their production climbing and going, um, there's a good chance you'll at least get a half a credit or a quarter credit when the time comes. So it's always good. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's sign off for this evening. Uh, let's start with you, Mike. Where can people find you on the Internet? All right. You can find me on Twitter at Michael R. Bodner. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube. Just started my own channel. Um, I've been watching your videos. Trev. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm 50 subscribers now, so I'm catching up to Trev pretty quickly here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now I'm trying to do some nice uh, how-to videos and show some fun things. And last but not least, I'm on Trev's forum, Model 3 Owners Club, at Sofa Model 3. Excellent. Thanks for that. How about you, Eric? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at... Uh, hashtag I am awesome and so are you. No, uh, you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at the, the handle uh, ECFix. That's just uh, E C F I X. Uh, I am also uh, on Facebook. You can also find me there. I am not on the forum as often because you know there's life. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> and uh, how about you, Ian? Where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you? 
All right. Uh, easiest is on Twitter. Uh, my full name, well, one word, at Ian Pavelko. Uh, you can also find me on Model 3 Owners Club. I try to at least log on once or twice a day. Um, the handle's Mad Hungarian, Mad Space Hungarian. And uh, also, when you go to the Twitter, um, there's a pinned tweet for my Evolve shirt program, which I will forever be plugging. So there's, there is a link in the video description if you want to find his yeah. link to his shirt. Yeah, at the end, exactly. If you go on the YouTube, you'll, you'll find the link for that, too. And, and I'd, I'd have to uh, give a huge shout out to everybody, uh, Andrew Dallyman and everybody else who's been showing up to delivery events wearing the Evolve shirt. Like, it, you've, you've pushed the sales through the roof, and I'm so proud of you all. I'm so happy. I'm so thankful because you're, you're generating a lot of money for some good um, electric vehicle organizations here because all the money does go to EV work. So That's many awesome. thanks to all of you for that. And I love your shirt. I wear it on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, you're too kind, sir. You're, you're too kind. I'm also going to give Trev a shout out here. When we're talking about the Canadian deliveries, I just today got a chance to watch your, what would you call it? Two Geeks Pick Up a Tesla? I yeah. think was the one with yeah. uh, Jovanovic. Yeah. That is the scene of you guys tearing around the parking lot testing it is hysterical. I mean, <laughs> like I've never heard Trev scream like a little girl. He does in this video. You have to look it up on the YouTube channel, Model Three Owners Club. Two geeks pick up a Tesla. If nothing else, watch Nick haul this thing through its paces, and like Trev is just pinned to the window. It's fantastic. We had we had a good time. We had a good time. That was you know that was all tongue in cheek. We had a good time. All right, thanks for that. And lastly, but not least. Anise Sharifi, where can we find you on the internet if people want to chat with you, dear? Um, so I'm on Twitter at Annie underscore say, and then on Instagram at Anise Sharifi. Yes, I see you're very active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Love your pictures. I like <laughs> love, 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 love your pictures. All right. Well, that's it for this evening, folks. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Again, we try and do this every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, as usual, we'll try and ask for questions before the podcast begins so that you can uh, chime in with some of our owners. And lastly, I just want to mention one last time, uh, if you're in the greater Toronto area, and I hate to put a plug in all this time because, hey, after the fact, that's where I live. I don't live in California, but we are having a first uh, Toronto area Model 3 gathering on uh, Saturday uh, July or June, <clears throat> excuse me, Saturday, June 16th at 8 p.m. at the Von Mills Supercharger. We're expecting quite a few people. So if you want to come out and see some people and uh, maybe you haven't driven a Model 3, maybe one of the owners might oblige. Who knows? You know, because I know a lot of people out there are waiting to pull the trigger before they get a test drive. So it'd be your opportunity at least to see one in person if you haven't seen one. Anyhow, that's it. And oh, you can man. also follow me on the Model 3 Owners Club. And uh, my handle on Twitter is at Model3Owners. Anyways, that's it for tonight. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we'll catch you next week. See you later. Donate to Patreon. Bye, everybody.